I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelt save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rhetoric. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Guess what? Guess what? The Mars Lander. It's landed safely. The NASA Perseverance rover has been on a nearly 300 million mile journey since it left Earth more than six months ago. If all goes well, it is expected to land on Mars. Oh, I thought I, it, the title says Perseverance rover is coming in for a Mars landing today. I thought it actually said that it landed. I thought that's what I read. Did I read it wrong? Okay. I can't give false information. Go check it out for me, folks. Did it land or did it not land? I thought it landed. Anyhow, let's get busy. We have a great show for you today, and we want to get busy right away because we also have a great interview with the journalists that you see on MSNBC and CNN all the time, which is uh, Benjamin Dixon. You're going to hear from Benjamin Dixon. We, have a, we had a really nice quality conversation. I think you guys are going to like it. Anyhow... Texas is in trouble. The trouble in Texas continues. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to play a few videos about that. So what I want to do is let's go ahead and talk about what the show is. Texas Liar-in-Chief. Who is the Texas Liar-in-Chief? Greg Abbott. And it is imperative, folks, it is imperative that we call these guys out, not only among ourselves, but every time people make mention of the things they talk about, we need to talk about it. Okay, welcome aboard. Michael Rudnin, photos posted by social media users on Wednesday purportedly show a mass cruise boarding a plane in Houston and then flying to Cancun. Yes, and I have the video. I didn't have enough time to turn around the video with the interview they gave him in Cancun. Texas mayor resigns after telling residents desperate for power and heat, only the strong will survive. This is what you get with libertarians and Republicans at their core. They don't give a damn about you. It is reason enough to elect them to office. It's, it's reason enough not to elect them to office. Let, let me tell you something, folks. When I read that this morning, I couldn't believe it. The mayor of the city, I think it's Colorado something or the name of the city. I don't remember. I don't, I don't think you have it in there. But anyway, he, he re- had to resign. He, the, you elect a mayor to take care of the things you want to do. And he thinks, oh, you're on your own. It is preposterous. It is ridiculous. Welcome aboard AVQ. Pamela Mattox, welcome aboard from Kentucky. Hey, uh, why did you guys give us uh, another person like you know whom? Anyhow, Michael Rodney said, brother, give it an hour. It was going to be my next share. NASA's Perseverance Mars rover is scheduled to touch down on the red planet today. Or at least that's what NASA... Okay, I thought I read it wrong. That's why I kind of corrected myself right away. Yes, Colorado City, Texas. Linda E., hi all. Nancy... Warjaski. Oh, uh, Nancy says it said it just landed, so that is great. I, I guess I wasn't misinformed. The link that came in was actually correct. Anyhow, title of the show: Liar, Texas Liar in Chief. Journalist Benjamin Dixon discusses independent media and identity politics. Texas has its own liar in chief. Journalist Benjamin Dixon discusses independent media, and we also talk identity politics. But anyway, we're going to start with Ted Cruz. That story that. Uh, Michael Rudnan just put on top there. We actually did a little video about that. So let's go ahead and get started with Brother Cruz. 
Texas, run by a lion cabal to fool the people into believing that what they believe in is best for them. Of course, we have the worst health care for the, for the masses, that is. We have poor uh, energy, even as we are the largest energy exporter in the country. Imagine that. And we can't even keep the power on because, of course, we don't follow the rules. We don't follow science. We don't follow what is really efficient for people, but instead efficient just for corporations. And what would you know? The master of deregulation, the master of small government, the master of complaining. Where is he? In Cancun? Oh, amazing, folks. Amazing. Let's listen to this and then take it on the other side. This has basically been a low, uh, low regulation mindset, deregulation mindset, small government, you name it, 25 years sort of Republican uh, governance philo philosophy here. Is that what is going to be on the ballot in the next 18 months as we unpack what all happened here? Well, there have to be consequences for this, and I think you're going to have a lot of finger-pointing between now and the next state elections in 2022, but there's no question that, you know, you go up the mountain, you come down the mountain. We went up the mountain riding the deregulation wave, riding the slavish devotion to markets wave, riding the independence from the Fed's rave, uh, wave, and, and, and riding the, uh, you know, bragging about our own awesomeness wave, and none of that looks very good right now, whether you're in Cancun or Texas. The reality is that, that we look pretty bad to ourselves and to the rest of the country, and, and what worked in Texas did not work in this case. It spectacularly failed. And uh, it's not over, by the way. We're still in the middle of this. There are still lots of people without power, lots right. of people without water. It was snowing again this morning here in Austin and other parts of the, of the state, and there's going to be hell to pay, and there will be consequences, whether they're at the ballot box or whether those get pushed off onto somebody else remains to be seen. Um, I should, for viewers that are wondering about your Cancun reference, if they haven't been following social media, Ted Cruz, the state's junior senator, did uh, own up to the fact that, yes, he took a trip to Cancun. He said it was for his daughters and that he has now flown home and it was part of a, 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 a he didn't, he, he didn't try to explain it away beyond his daughters had a, a break and he wanted to go there. Um, he's not the first elected official caught in the wrong locale during a natural disaster, and I'm certain he won't be the last. We so spend a lot his, of time. His, his state is freezing. His people are suffering. Here in Houston, uh, people have no water. People have to boil their water, rather. But he's off to Cancun. He's not with the people that he wants to support. He's not with the people that the deregulation that he supports have put them in this situation. Yes, they at the ballot box, things need to be taken care of. Look, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We need to urge Texans. We elected these people. They denied us the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act, which means we sacrifice over 2,000 Texans every year. We kill them every year. Now we killed more because we decided to follow the corporate mantra of spend as little on to provide services to people as we maximize profits for the few, the shareholders and the executive bonuses. Are we going to continue supporting people whose modus operandi is that or 
or we're going to start electing people who are going to really do what Texas needs, what the United States of America needs. It is up to us. Again, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and somehow expecting a different result. Absolutely, and that is a classic definition of insanity. By the way, folks, we are taking calls. Anybody want to call in? The Zoom number is uh, 346-248-7799. Again, that is 346-248-7799. The code to get in is 254-600-9091. And I placed it on into the feed for both YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. So you can find it in any one of those feeds. By the way, replying to Bridge MCP, on January 6th, the efforts to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the election and our very democracy resulted in the violent and treasonous storming of the Capitol and the loss of life. Absolutely so, Bri, uh, uh, Michael, uh, replying, Michael Rudden replying to Bridge MCP. Anyhow, folks, we have another one that I want to play for you, and then we'll take it on the other side, because this one has to do with our very, very, very lying governor. Look. People might say, ah, he's lying. Everybody knows that he lies. Just leave it alone. Let it go. I want everybody here, left, right, middle, or whatever, to hear me out well. If you believe in truth, if you believe in what's good for people, if you hear a lie that has a material impact on people, a material impact on our society, it is important that you not fall for the lies or allow the lies to fester, allow the lies to metastasize. Let me give an example with what, what uh, Greg Abbott did, governor, governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. We have a complete grid failure in Texas, right? Our wind power generates in, at max about 23% of our power. Uh, they weren't, regulations were not created to allow to, to that force these wind turbines to work in conditions necessarily that we had with a, a freeze coming down. I mean, they work in Iowa just fine. They work in Antarctica just fine. They work in Denmark just fine. We didn't specify regulations. Remember, this is Texas. We don't care about regulations. But anyhow, we allowed uh, them to build it at will. But even as they built it that way, incorrectly, meaning not taking into account that weather could be a problem, we got half of those wind turbines continue to function, and those that function generated more electricity because, as I told you from physics, as the temperature of air falls, the density increases. The same velocity of air at a lower temperature gives you more power than that same velocity of air at a higher temperature. So you got more power out of those turbines. Now, those turbines that went off, some of them are always off, are generally off anyway. But anyhow, we needed them now. But that wasn't the problem. We get power from coal. We get power from oil. We get power from gas. We get power from nuclear. And guess where the majority of the power was lost? It was lost in gas because we couldn't get the gas to the power stations because they were not winterized. They were not winterized, so we couldn't get the power to them. So that's power gone from the fossil fuel industries. Even the nuclear power plant had to be shut down. Why again? Come on, you don't just throw those cadmium rubs down to, to kill the nuclear power plant. 
the power plants had to go down because they couldn't get the right gauges working. The gauges froze. And then there's the coal plants. They have coolants and they have to work in all temperatures as well. Guess what? Oh my God, they failed. The minimal failure was, uh, the, the, the wind turbines were not the problem. If these, if these generators, the oil generators, the gas generators, the nuclear power, the coal generators had continued to function, we would not have had a problem. But then, what we have is Gregory Abbott saying, the reason Texas is frozen is because of the Green New Deal. Some, and then, then, then you have uh, uh, that other guy from, from Fox News saying, oh, uh, you know, we didn't even know when it happened. We didn't even know when the Green New Deal came to Texas. But it came, and look at what happened. Texas is run by Republicans. All major offices in Texas are run by Republicans. All the permits to create the wind farms, Republicans. All the permits to create ERCOT. All the permits to deregulate. In, look, it, it, it is the mantra of the Republican Party. ERCOT is the exact instantiation of Republicanism. Very little regulation. Laissez-faire. And the market is supposed to function the way you think it is the best for us all. But the market doesn't function the best for people. The market functions the best for those who profit from it. And that's why we need to have people, some in the market and some not in the market. In other words, things like power and healthcare does not, do not belong in the market. But here's the uh, piece that I want to play for you. Many want us to ignore what the lying governor of Texas is doing, right? He's going all over the place and talking and just about every other word, just like our former president, he's lying to the American people. Specifically, he's lying to his people because most progressives, most others don't believe what he's saying because they know better. But we have to call it out. We can't let these, these lies go unanswered. When you let lies go unanswered, you get... Uh, insurrections like you got in Washington, D.C., where good people do bad things. Good people think that they've been taken advantage of and they act accordingly. Just as well, we could have Texans believing that somehow green energy for them, meaning wind power, solar power, is a bad deal for them because look at what happened to Texas. But it wasn't that Texas had a real issue with power. It was the regulations, it was our structure that allowed the problem. Windmills, uh, we have windmills in Antarctica, we have windmills in Alaska, we have windmills all over the place, and they work fine if the regulations are there to force them to follow the rules. But our, even our power plants went down, our coal plants went down, our gas plants went down, our oil plants went down. You know why? Because it was they, their, their equipment were frozen. The water in was frozen. The gas coming in was frozen. The problem wasn't wind. The wind was a very minor problem. In fact, the windmills that continued to work overperformed. Why did they overperform? Because dense air gives you more bang for each speed, each increased uh, speed in the wind flow. That's a physics matter. But anyhow, let's go ahead and listen to Chris Hayes. 
how he really took down the governor. A necessary takedown for a lying governor that should not be re-elected because he is trying to fool his citizens. He's lying to the citizens and he has simply been incompetent. Check this out. Real governing failure. And the person at the head of the Texas government took the time to go on Fox News last night to push the big lie that Republicans and right-wing media have been pushing for days. A brazen, jaw-dropping lie that the hippie libs and their clean energy are to blame for the devastation in Texas. The Green New Deal would be a deadly deal for the United States of America. Texas is blessed with multiple sources of energy, such as uh, natural gas and oil uh, and nuclear, as, as well as uh, solar and wind. Uh, but you saw from what Trace said, uh, and that is our wind and our solar got shut down, and, and they were uh, collectively more than 10 percent of our power grid. And that thrust Texas into a situation where it was lacking power in a statewide basis. If the Biden administration is going to try to eradicate uh, fossil fuels in the United States, Every state is going to constantly have challenges like what America has seen take place in Texas right now. That's not true, just to be clear. The idea that wind and solar completely went out and thrust the state into that situation. Uh, in fact, the governor was spinning a different tale when he spoke to a local news outlet just before he went on Fox News. Not mentioning wind or solar or green energy at all. Instead, placing the blame on natural gas. The companies that generate the power, uh, their operations have frozen up uh, or have tripwired uh, and are non-operational. Uh, that is the lead reason uh, why there is a shortage of power uh, for the people who are lacking power right now. There is an additional reason uh, causing a lack of natural gas uh, arriving to power generation centers across the state. And that's because the ability uh, to both manufacture and to ship and transport uh, natural gas has been frozen also. It's frozen in the pipeline. It's, it's frozen at the rig. Uh, it's frozen in the transmission line. Natural gas is frozen everywhere. That's a big part of the problem, the catastrophe. That's what he's telling Texans. And he goes on national Fox News to say that it's the Green New Deal. This is the crazy blame game the governor of Texas is playing while his constituents are freezing in their homes without power or heat, some for the third straight day. But to the purveyors of the big lie, Republicans like Greg Abbott and his friends on Fox News, this very real and acute suffering is just a vehicle for their political objections. They are trying to convince Americans that the state of J.R. Ewing and the Houston Oilers, the capital of American fossil fuel extraction, was actually covertly turned into a lefty bastion of green energy while no one was looking. And that's the source of the problem. So, unbeknownst to most people, the Green New Deal came to Texas. The power grid in the state became totally reliant on windmills. Then it got cold and the windmills broke, because that's what happens in the Green New Deal. You're without power. Millions are still without power tonight. Yes, while you weren't looking, let you hear that quote? Unbeknownst to most people, Texas became some sort of hippie commune, totally reliant on windmills and rainbows and flower power. Totally reliant. He actually said that about Texas. Was it unbeknownst to the Republican leadership of the state who have occupied nearly every statewide office in Texas for decades? A Democrat has not won statewide in decades? Did Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 10 years ago at the tender age of 21 parachute into the state of Texas to put up windmills under cover of night? Were she and Al Gore driving through the Permian Basin, secretly unplugging all the rigs? How stupid does Tucker think his audience is exactly? It's just a lie. 
It's not a dishonest mischaracterization or spin or omission. It's just a straight out ridiculous lie. Now, Texas does have a lot of wind power. It's true. But wind power makes up only a fraction of Texas's energy in the winter. Governor Abbott said himself, wind and solar only make up 10% of the grid. There are real material consequences here. As so many people go into a third freezing night, the immediate priority must be figuring out a way to get power and heat to people who desperately need it, as well as clean water, amidst a severe weather event and infrastructure that is simply overwhelmed by it right now. Let me tell you, I don't only do internet media, internet radio, internet videos, etc. I also have the honor of being on the radio, a high-powered FM station, KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. And I am so honored to be actually on the airwaves, the airwaves that belong to us all, that I think before I throw something up into the ethos. I make sure that what I am talking about is not going to hurt somebody, is not going to mislead somebody, because I know behind the mic and when that stuff hits that 100,000 watt transmitter, I know there are a lot of people listening listen there. There are a lot of people who trust what they hear coming over these waves because not everybody is given the honor, the opportunity to use these airwaves that have access to all. And I give that same reverence to our internet audience and our on-air audience. There is a certain something, responsibility, one should feel when there are others listening on the other side and likely accepting that as truth. What Tucker Carlson did, what Governor Abbott is doing, lying is, is a part of it. But lying in this form that has a material effect not only on today, but on tomorrow and on going forward in what people believe about things that they need, energy, green energy, renewable energy, that is unforgivable. Completely unforgivable. And it is high time that not only Governor Abbott pays pay for it by not getting reelected, but that Tucker Carlson is taken off the air for misusing that resource that belongs to us all. Okay, folks, next we're going to go and listen to uh, that very talented, knowledgeable uh, Benjamin Dixon. He is... Uh, he is uh, one of those uh, independent media folks that you've seen on MSNBC and CNN. In fact, during the election, you saw him quite a bit on MSNBC. But before that, I got to do my pitch to say, hey, folks, if you are on YouTube, please go ahead and click that join button. Become a member. If you become a member, I go ahead and throw you up on the screen if you want me to, your, 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 your character up there so that others can see it. How can you become a member of our YouTube or PDR Posse to become a member of our PDR Posse? Again, if you're on YouTube, click the join button, but if you are on Twitch, if you are on Facebook Live, if you are on anywhere else, just click politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, you can go ahead and become a patron of our program. To become a patron of our program, go to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. 
P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com patron. You can alternatively as well support us via PayPal. That is politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. We have that book that you see on screen. That book on screen is called How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Neighbors, Your Right-Wing Family, Friends, and Neighbors. That helps us as well. It helps us defray, defray the cost of doing this. It helps us maintain this program. You can go ahead and buy that book directly at Amazon. I've just put the link in there. Or you can buy all of our books at our own store or at Amazon, that is, at politicsandright.com store where you can get our hoodies and all that good stuff out there. If you want to see what the, we have a new mug. The mug was designed by Bridge MCP, one of our PDR Posse members. In fact, who we call the leader of our PDR MCP, our, our PDR Posse. That's Bridge MCP who designed that mug there. The one that you see on the screen right now. So go ahead and get the mug. By getting the mug, you're supporting what we do. We have Norman who's already gotten the mug. And by the way, where are all the other pictures from the folks who bought it that I begged over the screen to say, hey, I see you're buying the mugs, but please go ahead and send us a picture with the mug. I know some of you are camera shy, but you know what? We want to highlight our peeps. And you know all of you out there are our peeps. So anyway... Go to that link, the link to go ahead and get the cup. Let me put the link for the cup in there. Here is the link to go ahead and get the, the PDR Posse cup. The PDR Posse cup put out there by whom? Bridge MCP. Bridge, tell the whole unit, hello, Bridge. And let us have you with the picture with your cup soon. We do ask you so kindly. Anyhow, folks, please find a way to support us if you have the wherewithal to. But uh, most of all, uh, come via Patreon or go ahead and join us at YouTube by just clicking that Join button. And you can always hit the Super Chat or one of those as well. I thank you so kindly for being here. Anyhow, let's go ahead and go with El Señor Benjamin Dixon. Benjamin, well, I'll explain who he is in the piece. Here we go. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today we have a very special guest. I am honored to be with Benjamin Dixon. Ben- 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Dixon on, on TV, you usually hear about him. Benjamin Dixon is the creative director for East and 42nd and host of Like It or Not with Benjamin Dixon. He is a journalist that unearthed the audio clips of presidential candidate and former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg advocating controversial stop-and-frisk policies. He has written for The Guardian, and he sometimes appears on The Majority Report with Sam Cedar. And guess where he appears now with Politics Done Right? 
Ben, it's my pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. That was a heck of an introduction. So thank you so much for that. And I'm more than honored to be here with you today. Well, look, let me tell you, you do some very good work. And I want to, I want to take you back to 2015. Yeah. You are on your uh, Facebook page, 42nd and uh, East and 42nd, you have a, the first video out there is a good microcosm of why we need independent media by all. Yeah. You did that video about the black father. Oh, wow. About that interview. I, I, I didn't tell you I was going to talk about that. Oh, but I forgot I all about that video. Said, you know what? I want to start this interview with that wow. because that is the exact reason why we must have independent media yeah. by people of all ethnicities, et cetera. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that yeah. video. Um, you know, it, it really was, it was my first video. It literally was the first video I ever put out. Um, and it came as a result of um, somebody, they were well-meaning and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not one of those super, I'm, I'm sufficiently woke, but right. I'm not one of those super woke who can't take a, 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 a compliment, but there was a white couple that passed by our table at dinner back in 2015. And, and they were like, oh, your kids are so well-behaved. And I'm like, thank you. But then I thought about it and I processed it and I'm like, but this is just kind of like what we do. You know, I know it's not everybody, not every father is a good father, you know, whether you're black, white or other, you know, but, you know, from my family, this is just what we do with my friends, my circles, like we do, we pour everything we can into our children and into our family units. And so I just wanted to make the statement that I'm just an average black father, like whatever accolades people give me in terms of like my beautiful family, it's like, but this is what I see, you know, I know the narrative is not like that in, in the media, but exactly why we need an independent media, because in, in every aspect of my world, everywhere I travel from the religious experience, when I used to be a part of the black church, real heavy to the political world like i'm just an average black father i'm not something special so that was the the, the spirit behind that very first video i completely forgot about it man <laughs> thanks for bringing that's a throwback well i mean what what's interesting about it uh ben is that what i find right is anytime i get a call or it used to be anytime i get a call that somebody wanted you on their uh, on their network or whatever it is usually to talk about black issues that's right it. Yep. Now, interestingly, when I started doing this yay yonder with the coffee party and other organizations, yeah, I okay. never, yeah, I never covered black issues. I covered right. issues. If right. one of them happened to be black, right, it is okay. It is what it is. Right, it is what it is. And so I, I, I but, but the interesting thing is, I also made the cognitive. I, I actually decided that I wasn't going to cover them unless it was substantive, because again. I didn't want to be typecast, right? Right, right. But still, what we find is a lot of times when we're called, that is what we're called for. What I was impressed with, which you did some stints at MSNBC, uh, either MSNBC or CNN. I don't quite remember which one it was. And I, I, Mostly MSNBC, and I've done uh, one spot on CNN, if I remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. What I found is that they they asked you a multitude of questions, not yeah. solely relegated to race. So tell me about yeah. how you made that transition, because I can look at the earlier times and see that they, uh, they would want you to talk a lot of race, but then they started yeah. to realize, well, you know, this guy is a lot deeper than just talking about racial issues. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, first, let me say thank you for having me on. Thank you for these questions, because I don't ever get asked these questions. And I appreciate these questions. I, um, 
I'm black and I'm unapologetic about my blackness. I think that the solution to uh, the majority of what ails this country can be found in the black experience because black people have had to survive this country. We ha we've had to survive slavery, Jim Crow, white supremacy. Uh, heck, we have had to survive the greed of American capitalism. And, and so I'm very unapologetic about my blackness, but that said, it's like, don't typecast me because, you know, not, and, and don't typecast anyone who's black because we've studied America. We've studied foreign policy. We've studied economics, literally, I, my, my, you know, my undergrad is in economics. My master's is in political science with a focus on international relations. I'm almost done with a PhD. I just ran out of money a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that was before I got rid of Michael Bloomberg. I couldn't finish my PhD in international relations, but we've studied these things because we study them because it's our life. And so, you know, to limit us on their media channels to just talk about race is such a disservice to the wide range of expertise that you get when you talk to a, a, a black person, just, just like you would talk to anyone. Don't typecast anyone. Yeah. You know, what, what's interesting is um, you, you said it right, but uh, you also, earlier you spoke about white supremacy, et cetera. Mm. That actually feeds into white supremacy because as mm. it turns out, the yes. only way we can have white supremacy is if the majority of white people think that you are the other and you live some yes. sort of a sub life or and something, in order, or something exotic like, ooh, what are you that that also like, no, we're, we're human beings who are studying the same problems you're studying. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, please do. I, I, I please do continue. Yeah, no, but that's 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 the the spirit of it, right? What you said, you said that that feeds into white supremacy, right? Typecasting black voices, brown voices, Muslim voices, like what I what what the reason I'm doing it the way I'm doing it now, which is is independent. Like you know, we we East and Forty Second is a media company that we built. My wife and I, we built it. My partner, um, we we're building it so that we can tell not just our stories, but we can speak on the issues without someone first typecasting us, right? And, and, and wanting to have our voices without what we actually want to say. I don't know if you've ever run into this, and I'm sure you have, you've been doing this long enough to run into it. People love to have tokenism, like they love to have a black person who will come on and say stuff that they want to hear, right? So in that way, they wanna hear our voices, but they don't sometimes genuinely want to hear what we have to say because what we have to say really upends this system because like I said, we've been studying it and we have a good tap on what's going on in this country. So it's, it's, it's just really a fascinating balance that you have to take because my first time being on mainstream media, they wanted me to talk about race. And I, you know, there was the CNN uh, segment and I pivoted right to the issues that I talk about best, which are economic issues. And, and I have to give it to MSNBC, like they, they're, most of their invites for me have been about politics and national politics and, and rarely about like just a race component. But if they let me talk long enough, then of course, of course, race plays into a, everything that it happens plays into in economics. Abs absolutely. Capitalism. But, uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. I I, I want to hear you. Well, <laughs> I'm enjoying well, the conversation. I want I, I want to tell you a, a story. Two actually two minor stories, uh, because it, it feeds into exactly what you said. I I interview a lot of people. I interview, uh, you know, I have a lot of white friends, black friends, all kinds of friends. And this uh, this woman was good friend of mine. She was trying to. Uh, with what's been going on in the country, get her church to be more inclusive. Most of them believe yeah. they don't have a racial problem. She's in an all white mm. church. And she, she had enough confidence in me to talk to me. And we started talking on a zoom, a private zoom. Mm. And she said she wanted to self-examine herself. 
uh, because she grew up in the South and she said, there's not a possibility that I couldn't hold racial, some sort of racial issue. So she said she self-examined. And then she said, you know what I found, Egberto? She says, I am, um, I don't, I like living in an integrated community, but I think I would have an issue if I were the minority in the oh. community. She had enough confidence in me to tell me that story. Mm. And then she said, um, and then I said, why? And then she said, maybe because I think they wouldn't want me. Maybe mm. because, and she, she gave, she says she's not sure, but she gave all these reasons, right? And then I asked her, I said, look, this is a private conversation. We were talking on Zoom may I use this conversation because I think your honesty could teach a whole lot of people that yeah. because she says she's trying to overcome it. Right. 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 And she said, you think it'll make a difference? And I said, of course it will. And she put it out there. So the reason I'm telling that story, it is because there are certain things, even, even these, the progressives that we talk about, right. It is Come intrinsic on. as well. That, that, same racial attitude it's just that they're on the progressive side trying to do things by policy better than yeah. on the other side yeah one quick one i at at, at, uh, at um net roots i'm always at net roots on radio yeah. row etc yeah. and we were at net roots and after the black lives matter incident with bernie sanders occurred we saw people typing i've never been scared as scared like this before in my <laughs> life we that were was talking, 2015 too, right? It was like 2015, yes, 2016. Yeah, yes. I remember that. And this was Tia also and all these other activists that were the ones that, that were doing it. And yeah, then, yeah. then I went outside and I want to do interviews. So I'm, I am talking to these guys and I saw these four white guys and a white girl. They were there talking together. And I said, great, let me go up and talk to them. Hey, what do you think about the Black Lives Matter event that we did? I mean, the Black Lives yeah. Matter insurrection <laughs> that we just had there in, in, in at the net it was Arizona back there. I, I'm trying to remember, but yeah, yes, yeah, it was remember, Arizona. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, one of the guys said, ah, you didn't want to talk. And then uh, she said, I'll say something. And then the other guy said, uh, okay, you go be there. Go be his token white. This is at net roots. Fascinating. Net roots. So I wrote, I, I didn't only write her story. I wrote the story about what occurred to show that we as progressives, right? Wow. Suffer the same. We are humans. That's what it is. We are humans. Whether yeah. you're right or left, the right yes. believes in, in doing things a certain way, the left in, uh, in a, but let's not try to make the racial thing somehow on one side only. Yes. Because Thank you for sharing those stories with me, because one of the number one problems we've had um, that I've had personally, professionally, politically, um, and quite frankly, this country has had, has been the problem of white progressives understanding how, even if they're well-intentioned, they still are part of a system that has to be addressed. And the best way I can explain the emotional pain and embarrassment and their reticence to address it is to compare it to the conversations that I've been really <laughs> hesitant about having with my wife about how um, as woke as I think I am, I still have a role in this patriarchal system, even if it's the role I play in my household. Right. I don't wanna have those conversations, but I have to have them if I'm going to really honor what I believe. And what I believe in is the liberation of all people from all people. No one 
should be subservient to anyone in a power structure. We are all human. We are all human beings. We all have the wonderful gift of sentience. We all have the wonderful gift of, of consciousness and life. And so if my true motivation is the liberation of all people, then I have to take a moment and pause and reflect the way in which I serve as an oppressor. And it sounds weird as being a black man saying that, but you know, after being in the pandemic with my wife for the last year, I had to learn some things about myself that I didn't want to hear. And, and I think progressives, especially white progressives, I need you to understand that lesson. It's like, it's not comfortable. It's not fun to understand how you've been complicit with the system and how sometimes your own words, like you mean well, I mean well. I've never, my wife would tell you that I'm probably the, the best husband she could have ever married and I mean well, but at the same time, meaning well doesn't mean you're not a part of a broken system that has to be addressed. And as so long as progressive white progressives ignore that reality, we're going to be continuously failing to obtain power to make the kind of changes that we want to make. Because black people listen, black people hear, they may never say it, you know, as, as, as clearly to us as they said it to you, but we feel it at an intuitive level. Like we kind of just know it. And, and, and those are issues that we have to address because we need to, we need to solidify this allyship, um, this, 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 this solidarity that we have between us. We need to solidify it because we have some serious fights that we need to fight together. Man, Ben, what you brought up was deep. It goes with the church and yeah. not, it's less centralized on black church. It goes with the black church that has that horrendous patriarchy well. Still and, to this uh, day. <laughs> you, you know, so much so that a certain, a larger percentage of men supported, you know, whom in chief. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, um, but again, I'm glad that you said that because personally I've had to, you know, I'm black, I'm Latino, I'm Caribbean. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All these things in one, one package, which means I came with all those right. sins, right? Uh, homophobia, yeah. sexism, deep in, in where I'm from. And I, I can honestly say I've overcome them uh, because again, it being intentional as you spoke about earlier with your wife and understanding that if we are talking about liberating, we yes. have to make sure that all women, all men, black, white, every, absolutely every oh, identity. You know, uh, somebody asked me one time, they said, Egberto, you are always doing identity politics. And I'm like, why? I'm not necessarily racial politics, but identity politics. Right. And I'm like, I want identity politics. You have to have identity Come politics on. until identity doesn't make a difference. Right. But until it does, we have to take care of, if women are discriminated apart in this format, we have to take care of that. If, if black folk are discriminated in this format, we take care of it. If white poor people are discriminated right. in this particular format, right. we have to take care of it. And, right. and, and that, is where it, that, that is where we are supposed to land. And so, so I think we how, how is it that this is the first time we're speaking together, man? Like we 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 are we're part of the same same tribe. Like I'm from Mississippi, so I don't. I, I mean, I'm not from the Caribbean. I'm, I'm, I'm from the <laughs> South, brother. I'm from the yeah. South. I'm from Panama. <laughs> so so, but, but you know, like what you're saying is speaks to my heart at a level that I'm so glad to be doing this interview with you because like we have we have identity specific problems in this country. Right. Right. And so until we address those identity specific problems, you better sure as hell believe we got to talk about identity politics. But then we also have to be flexible enough to understand how systems can use identity politics as a way to maintain white supremacy, capitalism, right. all these other problems that we have. So, uh, man, oh, man, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Look, there's another terminology that I've started to use, and that is because, you know, I've, 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 I think we've all figured this out. And that 
is, uh, you know, a lot of people look at white supremacy and they look at mm. their white brothers and sisters, my white neighbors, etc. And right. they're okay, they're white supremacists and all of that. And the fact of the matter is, no, the fact right. of the matter is, my those all those white people that are at these progressive events that are mostly white, generally speaking, you've been to them, you see them. Yes. Okay. We are trying to solve a, a national problem, but they're mostly white, and and there's structural pro- reasons why they yeah. these are the folks that have more money. They don't have to go to work. They can do these things. So that's understood. Right. But they are not. They are victims themselves. Mm. of white <laughs> supremacy. A lot of people don't like when I say that, but let me let me try break to it down because I, I get it, but break it down for me. Right. White supremacy isn't they are the tools of white supremacy. White Man. supremacy is there for the plutocracy. In other words, the very top few, it's a it's a it's a caste system. Yes. And absolutely. you can use identities to to actually work your caste system and what if it's one of the biggest identities white if you can control whites <laughs> by putting them above the others and say yes. you have some power because you are not them yeah yeah you can keep those white that white level under control so there's another concept that i try to teach people about our our form of capitalism and that is remember we are all what 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 i call antiseptic slaves so whereas slavery was was color based, right now you don't know it, but we're all antiseptic slave. You doubt it? Mm. it try try to change the system on your own. You <laughs> watch this. Not only try to change the system on your own. Um, watch how the system responds to you, no matter what color. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. You are if you try to, to, to address capitalism. Right. If you try to address white supremacy underneath. Right. We saw this in the, with the George Floyd protest. One of the things that, that broke me, but also encouraged me was seeing so many, quote unquote, soccer moms, whatever, however people want to label them out there protesting on behalf of black lives. It was a beautiful thing to see. What also broke me was that the fact that cops were like, we don't care. We don't care if you're a white soccer mom and wine mom or liberal or anything. They were beating down those 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 moms. They cracked the skull of that brother, uh, our white brother in Buffalo. Those cops mm-hmm. just got off the this week, like they got off with it, and 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 it shows me that you know this system will crush anybody it has to in order to preserve that power structure that you're Prescient. talking about. It will destroy anybody. And, and, and you're absolutely right. It is a system. James Baldwin spoke to this, right, uh, in his, in his uh, debate with William F. Buckley, I believe it was at Cambridge. And he was talking about the, the woman at the Western Union, who he clearly is making way more money than at that time. But at least she had the, the, 
the feeling and the sensation of at least I'm not black. Right. right. But here she is a poor woman working at the counter at Western Union, having to cash his checks. Uh, but she still had an air of arrogance towards him. Little did she realize how much of a victim of the system she was herself. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think and, and I think that is where we as progressives uh, sort of fail and what I think we mm. can do as independent with independent media. Right. We have to show the commonality between, you know, I have a, a, a phrase I use on my show all the time. When we unite, Appalachia, it, first of all, it's a stereotype, but you don't get it. When yeah, we yeah. unite Appalachia, the ghettos and the barrios, mm. we are going to win this fight. Because right now, all the forces are kept to keep poor white people or average white folk away from yeah. black folk away yeah. from Latino folks. Houston is a majority minority city, yeah. but the power base in Houston, Texas, where I'm based, isn't. And why? Because you have all these other people fighting for crumbs uh, because they don't realize they can actually have the entire pie. <laughs> you got to be careful with all that revolutionary talk you're talking there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come after us. We talk like that too much. Uh, but what you're speaking to really cuts to the core of the, of, of, of the life of Fred Hampton and the new movie that's out, Judas and the Black Messiah, right? Yes. That he really focused on very, like a laser was the ability to unite. Um, not with not unite with with racist or, or 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 Nazis or anything of that sort, but to unite with poor white people who could understand that the way out of this broken system was through solidarity, and and that solidarity didn't ask for us to ignore race. See, there are people who want us to make some alliances today in 2021 that require that we ignore identity, right? No, no. Fred Hampton was trying to build something where we understand the role that we all play in the oppression of each other. But if we recognize that way that we oppress each other, then we can look and see who the real oppressor is, which is the top 1% and all the ruling exactly. elite. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, the thing about uh, trying to, look, I, 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 I tell folks, I will always want Italian food, soul food, Chinese food, all yeah. these kind of foods. Uh, you know, uh, coming together doesn't mean losing one's identity Absolutely. as the masses would like you to believe, you know? Uh, I like my Panamanian food. And you know who is one of the best uh, cookers of Panamanian foods? My American wife. There you go. You know, you go. Uh, my, awesome. so my, my Southern wife who knows how to make, she can make uh, greens and she can make arroz con pollo. Uh, you know? <laughs> I love it. Listen, when this is all over, you know, half of my family lives in, in Houston. So first of all, I, I'm, I'm glad you look like you're doing well, despite that, that weather that you guys yes. are having there. Glad everyone is safe. But when this is all over, I'm coming to Houston. <laughs> and you know what? You, you'll have a place to stay, my brother. But anyhow, we, you know, I just kind of wanted to have a chat with you, uh, pick yeah. your brain on a few things. And, and, and I think we spoke of as far as how important independent media is, especially so that somebody like you can yeah. get a real message out as opposed yeah. to, uh, you know, stereotyping as opposed yeah. to putting you in a box or whatever. What yeah. would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? When I when when you can come on my show and I would like to schedule you like next week or something. <laughs> I, I'll be on your show whenever you want me on your show, man. I have a whole lot of respect for you. I think you do very, very Thank good you. work. And not only that, I think we need a hell of a lot more of you. Thank you. Uh, we need young. I imagine you're a millennial or a gen millennial. I am. I am. You, you nailed it. Like I'm right on the cusp of uh, a 1980 baby. So like, depending on who you ask, I'm a millennial or a Gen Xer. I just say I'm both. Well, you know, I, I'm I, I'm a, I'm a 
I'm on the cusp of boomer Gen X. I okay. claim the Gen X because there I'm trying like hell. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. That's why I'm claiming the millennials. I'm like, oh, just let me let me just be a millennial for one more year. But reality, man, I'm over the hill. I just I just turned 40. So I'm, I'm it's Oh, time you're young, brother. You're young. But you know, I am 59. You're young. <laughs> oh man. Well, yes. you want you look great, man. Well, I, I try I try to do the right things, but what can yeah. I say? Hey, that's amazing. That's amazing. But look, let me tell you, uh, Ben, it's been my honor to have you on Politics Done Right. Please yeah. don't become a stranger. If you ever have something to say uh, to the audience that we have here, please just, you know, give me a call. Say, Berto, I need to be on. I want to come and say that. So thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. Been and, and please keep an eye out for an invite because I want to get you on next week or the next, whatever, whatever's convenient for your schedule. Well, I'll be there. Thank you, my brother. All right. Take care, man. Have a good one. You too. Now. Hey, folks, uh, that was Ben. I, I, I really love this guy. I love the way this guy thinks. I love the way this guy uh, presents the, the message. A very, very, very smart young man that all of us can learn from. I know I learned from him. So, I mean, I, I think we got to uh, keep up. You know you know what is a great thing? I, I always say if I don't – I learn something from absolutely everybody that I talk to. And that is what – makes one grow and i wish we could tell some of some conservatives and some progressives as well there's nothing wrong with sitting down and listening to somebody picking their minds to kind of see how things work it expands yours you know it is that easy we got that's six minutes or so so first let me go ahead and salute all my great beautiful people here Eric Hayes, como estas hermano? Michael Rodnan, Bridge MCP, welcome. Hey, folks, Bridge MCP is the director of the PDR Posse. Don't forget that, my brothers and my sisters. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be on Ben's show uh, sometime soon. Uh, let's see. Um, May Wood, welcome aboard. Linda E., welcome aboard. Uh, ¿Quién más está aquí? Hey, Mary McKay, Kiro. Thank you for liking the discussion, my friend. How you doing? I hope you're okay here in Houston. I hope no broken pipes. I hope everything is okay. Let us know. Lee Grant, welcome aboard. Lee, are you giving me trouble today? Let me see. We need a strong, central, authoritarian, socialized government to give all the identity groups what they are due. Lee Grant, we're going for coffee, brother. We are going for coffee. You and I got a lot to talk about because we got to really get some, some stuff straight, brother. Still love you, man. Carl Cox. Biden is betraying the college students by only wanting to give, forgive 10000 in debt. From having a kid that's going to be in a lot of debt after college, I, I want to feel the same way. But I'm in some discussions with Professor Dr. Um, Dr. Tice. I've had him on before. And I have to study that situation about forgiving all student debt. And I think all of you should withhold your judgment on Biden uh, until you hear some of what the professor has to say. But let me just say one thing. I think for low uh, people at the lower end of the, the thing, I don't think $50,000 is enough. But for people at the higher end of the, st the spectrum, let's say a stockbroker who has an MBA but is collecting money off of capital gains, etc., I don't want to give him $50,000. I want to give him zero. But that's another show. We'll talk about Carl Cox. But, you know, hang with us, Carl. We'll, let, let's, get, let's get the professor to tell us exactly his thoughts on that one. Uh, Julie Van Ostel, welcome aboard. Tolerance and acceptance of each other's differences is the only way we will ever achieve unity. 
from your words to our collective brains. Uh, Michael Rodden, I got you. Deb Denny, please do more shows together. People need to hear this. Thank you so kindly, Deb. AVQ, welcome aboard. Uh, Lee Grant, I see you're still giving trouble, Lee Grant. Come on now, behave yourself. May Wood, welcome aboard. May, having difficult sharing the show as well? May. You can just go ahead and click on the side of the thing that says share. And if you can't, if it doesn't allow you to share from faith, from the YouTube channel itself, you can simply go ahead and uh, you can click on the link to pick up the link and then copy the link to wherever you want, either email or whatever. If you still have a problem, drop me a line, info at politicsdoneright.com, info at politicsdoneright.com. Uh, let's see, Bridge MCP, Maywood, Michael Rudnan, I got you, Linda E, Egberto Rocks, more need to hear from him. Hey, thank you, girlfriend. Love that. Biology isn't bigotry. That must be coming from Tank 28. Tank, behave yourself now. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. Julie Van Asdel, welcome aboard. Uh, Bruce Pollard, how you doing, my brother? Nice to see you here. He says, hello to all. Percy landed safety on Mars. Whoop, whoop. We did it. We did it. Science conquers all. Science conquers all. Those who don't believe in science, good luck, brothers. Okay, let's see. Insulin, Julie Van Assel, Pamela Matox, welcome aboard. Pamela says, we all live under the same system. Imperialism, capitalism. And what we have to do is changeism. And we will have changeism. That's why we do shows like this. That's why we do blogs. That's why we do all those things. Collectively, there are now thousands of us doing these types of programming to get around the plutocracy through only uh, the, the, the commercial media. It'll happen. Mike uh, Norman Reynolds, how you doing, my brother? Norman is the engineer of engineers. He turned, you know, what, the, the water that damaged a whole lot of people that people spend hours and thousands of dollars on. Norman just go whoop, 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 and it's done. He had a little bit of problem, like knockout. Genius. The geni- we have a genius engineer on board, and we have a genius physicist on, I mean, chemist on board as well. Okay, let's continue. Para ver, para ver quién más está aquí. Ah, uh, Julie Van Assel. Paul Fleming, how you doing, Paul? We will never get over stereotypes. I've heard he's so well-spoken as a child and as a business consultant, as a father. I've heard, you know, and I tell that all the time uh, to my white brothers and sisters. When you look at me or, or Dick Dixon or Paul and you say, you know, all these, I just called three black men. And you say, you, uh, and you say something like, oh, you are so X, Y, Z. I know what, I know you mean well. But let me tell you what that is like. Um, that is like telling somebody, how should I say it? Because what I, first of all, you guys know how I think. Do what you feel, and if somebody tells you that is not the right thing, then you respond. Because I don't want people to be hesitant dealing with people. The only way we're going to get across all this ethnic kind of thing is if you feel free to screw up. That's what I tell, when I was a chauvinist, that's what I used to tell women. Allow me to screw up so you can teach me. If I can screw up, you can teach me. If I am trying everything not to screw up, I'm not going to do anything. And that, that part of my brain that is incorrect will remain incorrect. But what I mean by this is this. A lot, a lot of times the connotation when you say like, oh, you're such a good father to a black person, what happens is that black person says, well, the, the assumption is that black men aren't good fathers. If you see a, an intelligent black person, they say, oh, you're so articulate like they did to Obama. The assumption is, well, aren't other black people not intelligent? I know that's, uh, that may or may not be what you mean because you might have a stereotype as black people being less than. I mean, look, we grew up in a racist society. That you may have those stereotypes 
it's society. That is the reason I'm for, ever forgiven to everybody because it's hard to get away from what society has taught you. But again, that's how a lot of people take those kind of words. Let me see if I can go through this real quick. And some other day we'll have the complete racial show. Notice I told Ben Dixon I never used to do race. Now that I have a, a, a bigger audience, etc., I can do that without feeling like, oh my God, I go talk race and I'm going to lose you know, uh, these people or that. You know, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Anyhow, let's go ahead and continue. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Uh, who else is here? Who else is here? Lee Grant. Yeah, I called you out, Lee Grant, because you've been giving me hell. Uh, Linda E., I think I called you out. I'm going up. If I, if I miss you, Eric Hayes, if I miss you, drop me a line to the bottom and I'll get back to it as I scroll back down. Because I like to make sure and call out all my peeps. You know, I think I'm near the top. I'm near the top. Okay, I AVQ, I don't think I see anybody else. Pamela Mata, I think I got you. Nancy Warshawski. Nancy Warshawski, welcome aboard. All right, I'm going back down to the bottom now in case any new messages came in. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mucho, mucho, mucho. Of course, Rudnan, Rudnan always has a task for me, right? When the show is coming to an end, um, Egberto, after the show, uh, will you? Okay, so let's see what let's see what task Brother Rudnan has for Egberto today. Brother Rudnan, what task do you have for me? After the show, take a minute and watch. I absolutely will. Norman says, we need to discuss the difference between cancel culture and paying the appropriate price. Norman, I've got a challenge for you, my brother. You owe me a show. You said you were going to come onto the show where we're going to do a thing together, and I think that was one of the subjects. So the answer to my good brother, uh, Norman Reynolds, is I am not going to do it unless you do it with me. Okay, let's see. Who else did? Nanette Bird-Smith. How you doing, my dear friend? Nanette Bird-Smith. And let's see. Who else? Uh... Let's see. Mary says, thanks for schooling your audience regarding well intentions. Absolutely, my dear friend. But look, guys, I got to get out of here. It's 4.01. I got to try to keep these things at one, on one minute because when it's played either at KPFT or when it's played at uh, other podcasts, I got to cut it to make the time and I don't want to do a lot of work. Anyhow, look, you guys are wonderful. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. Love you all. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Want to hear something amazing? Oh, and feel free to tell your friends too. So, Kohl's, they're having a huge sale on summer stuff. And if you live for sunny days like I do, you need to check it out. I got 40% off a new patio set, Food Network grilling essentials for 20% off, and 50% off those yard games my kids won't stop talking about. Best part? I got an extra $10 off and some Kohl's cash. It almost makes being cooped up all winter worth it. Almost. Select style 10 off 25 offer valid May 27th through 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. 
Seatbelts save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket.